0: Hello and welcome to the Flathead Beacon podcast. I'm Andy Viano. This week, we're talking girls wrestling in Montana, which is a sanctioned high school sport for the first time ever this year. And the Flathead Valley, which has long been a wrestling hotbed for the boys, is the epicenter of the new sport, with Kalispell's two high schools boasting more than 40 combined girls on their teams. My colleague Micah Drew wrote this week's cover story titled Their Moment on the Mat. And in just a minute, you'll hear my interview with Amber Downing, one of the coaches of the Flathead High School girls wrestling team and, to her knowledge, the only female wrestling coach working for a school in Montana this season. Amber wrestled through middle school growing up in East Helena, and we talked about what brought her wrestling career to an end, how she's stayed involved with the sport, including coaching in the Flathead Valley for years, and what it means to have girls wrestling officially part of the high school sports season. And after that conversation, stick around for a quick rundown of the biggest headlines from the last week. But first, a reminder that this episode and everything we produce at the Flathead Beacon is made possible in part by the members of the Flathead Beacon Editors Club. For as little as $5 per month, Members help keep our content free to read both in print and online and allow us to do the kind of in-depth reporting you expect. Plus, Editors Club members are eligible for some great perks. To learn more or sign up today, visit beaconeditorsclub.com. Well, it is my pleasure to be joined this week by Flathead High School wrestling coach Amber Downing, who is here to chat with us about Micah Drew's cover story, Their Moment on the Map. It's about the arrival of sanctioned girls wrestling in Montana. And Amber, thank you so much for making a little time to do this.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity.
0: So before we talk about the, the Flathead program and what's going on this year, I know you have a history with this sport. Can you describe how you came to find uh, the sport of wrestling?
1: It was a little haphazard. It was back when I was in kindergarten in East Helena. The local wrestling club did a, a demonstration during a school assembly, and I I was intrigued and excited about it, so I took home a flyer and and told my mom that I wanted to give it a try, and uh, she humored me and signed me up. And that the rest has kind of been history. I I stuck with it through elementary school and into middle school, wrestling for the East Helena Wrestling Club uh, and traveling within the AAU and USAW program in Montana. I, I had wonderful coaches and very supportive teammates. I, I did not ever see another girl at my age and size in my wrestling career that was from Montana. I did wrestle one girl uh, who happened to be from Idaho at, at an event. As I was kind of starting to decide whether or not I was going to continue wrestling, there, there was some more interest from girls. You would see a few here and there in the Pee Wee and bantam, the, the younger age divisions. But I had yet to really see girls that were my age and my size as I got older sticking with the sport in, in Montana. Uh, in high school, while I had grown up with uh, all of the boys and they were used to me being on the mat, it still just wasn't quite encouraged and, and supported to have a, a girl on the team. You know, I, I, I wouldn't say that I was hazed or anything like that, but. Um, being the sole girl in, in the room at that point in time, it was a lot more difficult. The physiological challenges that you have to overcome as far as the muscle mass from a, a girl to a boy and, and knowing that you're, you're, the, you're the black sheep and, and potentially at that point in time, taking away a, a varsity spot from one of the boys, it, it didn't over, always sit real well with them. So I was encouraged at that point to take on a, a manager and an athletic, athletic training position within the team that allowed me to still kind of give back to the sport and support my teammates that I had grown up with and also the flexibility to try out other activities. So at that same time, I merged over to gymnastics and, and cheerleading.
0: How do you look back on that moment now in getting to high school and, and as you describe it, either deciding or not being given the choice to uh, to join the wrestling team, uh, you've matured and, and now can look back from from 2021 when we have sanctioned girls wrestling in Montana. How how does that moment uh, strike you now, with the, the benefit of hindsight?
1: I wish I would have pushed a little bit harder to to have given it a shot. I wish I would have stuck to to my personal goals and and competed in, in high school or at minimum trained on a daily basis within the team uh, versus taking on more of a administrative type role within the team. There were times where I, I would wrestle in with the team as far as if a, a new girl was giving it a shot or if our, our smaller wrestlers had an odd man out, I would kind of be recruited in to, to, be a, a drilling partner. Something that I tell my girls now is, is, is this is actually, absolutely a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And if you, you don't take advantage of it, you will look back and have that potential regret. And, and now that you have an s- entire staff encouraging you and cheering you on, and our entire room within our, our men's team encouraging these girls, taking time out of their practice to help assist them with technique when a coach may or may not be available, Friday night at, at our last duel, the JVN varsity team by the end of it were all in there cheering the, the girls on. And it's quite invigorating as, as a coach to see that camaraderie built that definitely was not there 15 years ago.
0: Well, I know that work didn't start just this year to, to get to that point. And I know you've been involved in, in wrestling here in the Flathead Valley, long before this season. I mean, how how did we get to the point where, as opposed to your experience growing up, where now the the boys are accepting and and welcoming and encouraging? What what has the work been like to make girls wrestling uh, something that's it's not the right best word to use, but I mean something more viewed as as acceptable uh, in the sport?
1: Well, it, it, it's similar to the progression. It of uh, all other sports that that women have started to to become involved in. Wrestling being such a combative sport, I think, has taken a little bit longer, but it's it's been a movement that has been nationwide. And then as as our surrounding states have taken the initiative to sanction it, Montana has finally also seen that opportunity to to give girls and, and frankly, boys, a chance to have a win-win situation instead of a, a potential lose-lose girls getting to compete against other so girls encourages them to, to give the sport a, a try. And you're not necessarily taking away from an opportunity from the boys on the team. You're also able to avoid the, the awkwardness at, at that age of wrestling, a somebody from of the opposite gender.
0: I don't know how much you've been involved in trying to promote either the sport of girls wrestling or this particular move, but I mean, how long has there been a push in Montana to make girls wrestling a, a sanctioned sport and how did, uh, how did it actually happen?
1: I've been coaching for about the last eight or nine years. And I would say that since I started, it's been consistently growing, at, but had already started at that point in time to support the girls wrestling program. On the state level, they were starting to offer girls-only brackets at, at tournaments so that the girls would have an opportunity that if there was somebody else their size, they could wrestle only those girls. Those kind of brackets are also typically offered at your regional and national level tournaments if, if the girls are open to traveling for that. The state had on the Freestyle Greco side has also assigned a chair whose sole purpose is to promote women's wrestling. And then, uh, in the last few years, when the University of Providence had added the women's wrestling program and, and had a female coach for some time with uh, Carlene Soborski there formerly, I think that supported our, our girls in the state and helped bring it to light as far as what the sport can do for young ladies in addition to the boys that, that give it a try. So the, the life skills that constantly stick with you, the, the lessons and the character that is, is built through wrestling and being a part of a team, as well as that extra driving force as an individual competing out on that mat where everything is all on you. It, it's just one of a kind.
0: What's it been like this year? I think you and and the Flathead program and Glacier program have had two girls dual meets. I mean, what, what's the feeling when maybe particularly at that first meet? Or I know this past time at at Flathead High School to to hear the announcer say it's a it's a girls wrestling meet and see the bracket and and or see the uh, the lineup and and actually watch this thing happen. Has there been a sense of of accomplishment of of achievement? I mean, what's it What's it like to, uh, to participate in the, those, those events, the first two of their kind in the state?
1: I've been very proud of, of Montana and, and our school district to be able to have this opportunity and to have this being offered to, to the girls in the, the Flathead area. It's extremely exciting and, and full of energy to, to have them announced and and feeling like they have their own place that they're not just kind of being shuffled to the side as just another match it is an official girls team and an an official girls duel that we were able to host particularly this last Friday our our girls said hey we want to have a walkout song we want to kind of follow in the footsteps and the traditions that our, our varsity lineup has set and so our, our staff supported that and our, our amazing managers made that happen for our girls. And it, w- it really, I think, added to the energy and excitement in the room for for both teams.
0: I'd be remiss if I, if I let you go without asking you about the team this year. You all are undefeated. So far at 2-0, there is going to be a, a state championship that, uh, that I saw in, in Micah's article, at least in the head coach of the varsity program, Jeff Thompson, feels like you all have a pretty good shot. What, uh, what is the makeup of the, of the roster and the, and the team that you have this year? And, and how competitive do you think you can be at, uh, at the state tournament?
1: Well, last year we had seven girls come out for wrestling at Flathead before the, the program was sanctioned and, and before they really had much of an opportunity to compete against just other girls. So we do have some returning experience with six of them returning. We also have a few others that have, have come that have some experience or that started training this summer when they realized that it was something that was sanctioned and being supported through MHSA. With the depth that we have at 21 Girls, I, I think that gives us a, a pretty good, good shot at scoring at least twice for team points in, in those brackets. The, the challenge that I think our team sees that some of the other smaller school's May not see is being AA. We're, we're restricted to in conference only competitions against only double other AA schools. Unless we are able to set it up in a different format, such as a mixer, so these girls only get an opportunity to see other AA girls. And since we have twenty, a lot of the other schools will have one or two. The next closest is, is Glacier, I think, with twenty-one or twenty-two. Then Butte has ten girls. So this weekend, as we're headed down there. We are limited to how many of our our wrestlers are going to get a match unless they opt to wrestle in the boys JV division down in Butte. But they're they're hungry to improve and they're hungry to kind of to get out there and compete and and show themselves as much as everyone else what they're they're capable of. I think I, I should have a, a a couple that have a pretty good hang of things that should place very well. And, and the rest of them, it, it just kind of depends on how the season goes for them. Hoping for no injuries and that they're able to continue attending practices without quarantines and pick up all of the the technique that they need to to stay competitive at that state tournament.
0: Amber, well, best of luck uh, this weekend in Butte and, and the rest of the season. And thank you so much for taking the time to join me. Yes, of course. And there's a whole lot more to read about in this week's cover story written by my colleague Micah Drew. It's called Their Moment on the Mat, and you can check it out in this week's issue of the Flathead Beacon, available on newsstands throughout Northwest Montana, and you can read it online at flatheadbeacon.com. Now, here are the biggest stories from the last seven days as of 9 p.m. on Tuesday, January 12th. The COVID-19 vaccine should become available to a wider swath of Flathead County residents next week when the state is expected to begin distributing thousands of doses and roll into the second phase of the health department's immunization plan. The Montana Department of Public Health and Human Services amended its vaccine distribution plan at the behest of Governor Greg Gianforte last week lowering the minimum age to be eligible for the vaccine from 75 to 70 and including those with high-risk health conditions in Phase 1B of the rollout, which also includes Native Americans and people of color. Flathead County Health Officer Joe Russell told The Beacon the state expects to ship 13,000 doses of the vaccine weekly starting next week, with around 1,000 of those doses ticketed for Flathead County. It is unclear at this time how the department will deploy the vaccine, however. Russell praised some of the governor's amendments to the rollout plan, but was one of many people concerned that frontline essential workers, particularly educators, were moved from phase 1B to 1C. Russell said he and others planned to lobby the governor to reverse course in that regard in order to keep schools open and parents at work. Elsewhere, BNSF Railway proposed a habitat conservation plan to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service in an effort to minimize fatal collisions between freight trains and grizzly bears in northwest Montana. BNSF's plan was developed in conjunction with federal, state, and local authorities, including the Blackfeet Nation and Glacier National Park. The plan includes $1 million to remove attractants from the area near train tracks install deterrence in high-risk areas and implement a rapid response program for grain spills which are frequently the cause of train versus bear collisions if approved the plan would also authorize an incidental take permit to the railway that would allow it to take 18 grizzly bears incidental to railway operations during a seven-year period on a more than 200-mile stretch of railway while acknowledging BNSF did all it could to mitigate the accidents. In other news, Polson residents will get to vote this month on whether or not to approve a resort tax that officials estimate could generate $700,000 annually for the city in the next two decades. Polson was designated a resort community in 2009, but voters rejected a proposed tax at that time. The current proposal would authorize a 3% tax on goods and services sold by lodging and camping facilities, restaurants, bars, and clubs. Advocates say 80% of the revenue generated by the tax would finance needed infrastructure improvements, and additional savings could accompany property tax reductions. Eleven other cities in Montana have implemented a resort tax, including Whitefish, which established its tax in 1995, columbia falls residents voted last year to add a resort tax in that town as well and finally a flathead county man is facing two counts of vehicular homicide while under the influence 15 months after allegedly causing a head-on collision in marion that killed two people 56 year old tim allen peters was charged tuesday in flathead county district court and faces up to 60 years in prison if convicted Peters was allegedly driving drunk on August 31, 2019, when his pickup slammed into another pickup on U.S. Highway 2, killing the driver and passenger in the other vehicle. Prosecutor Stacey Bowman declined to provide details on why the county decided to bring charges now, 15 months after the crash, other than to say that law enforcement conducted a thorough investigation that, quote, took a long time to complete. That's our story for this week. Remember, you can read more about all of these stories and catch the latest breaking news for free on our website, flatheadbeacon.com. Until next week, thanks for listening.